Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 90, presented by OptumX Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you all the latest news from around the ACHA and the CHF. A national audience was on the ACHA this week, and that's where we'll kick things off here because the entire hockey world is talking about what took place on Monday night at Carter-Finley Stadium between NC State and UNC. It was a matchup for the ages, a game for the ages, and thankfully Herm was there. See it all, to witness it all, boots on the ground, unreal having the Hockey House pod represented an event like this and we're just going to turn it over to him to get us kick started here i'm going to start it off with i hope all of the hockey house followers know that the first thing i did when i booked this flight was call murph and try and rope him into this we're only going to be able to pull off nationals because this man does have a limited amount of days in terms of availability for uh making sure he graduates from cues on time i struggle to come up with the words to adequately describe how surreal Frozen Finley was, not just as a fan of ACHA hockey, not just as a person who had friends on both sides of the equation, but just as someone who loves this beautiful game. And to see it growing in a market that for so long was written off as non-traditional, that Wolfpack chant just had me stunned at times, 26,000 strong, the largest crowd in ACHA hockey history. There were times in the game where I just I just watched. I just turned around and I, I took my eyes away from the game and I just watched the spectacle that was unfolding in front of my eyes. Top three life event for me, and you just had to be there to experience it in person to adequately describe what happened. Part of the reason why we got Zach Herman on, the freshman forward from NC State, he's going to be the guest of the show. He kind of walked me through everything that went into the game, you know, what it was like being a player for. And I mean, we spent 30 minutes just talking about the game itself. And then we got to a little bit of how he ended up at NC State in his career. But a phenomenal event. The reaction on social media was amazing. It's crazy to think like the reaction that we had earlier in the year when these two teams packed PNC Arena and they filled the lower bowl. We were that excited for that step the ACHA took and then on Monday night just unbelievable I don't think anybody expected that I mean they were talking maybe they'd get 10,000 fans 10,000 would be remarkable for an ACHA game but I mean 26,000 strong in Rollywood was unbelievable wanted to give a shout out though we did have an intern at the game as well Mitch Hatchett he's the dad of former Hockey House podcast Ford Hatchett former teammate of mine he's an NC State alum he actually recorded the video. This video has now reached almost 20,000 likes on our Instagram of the Wolfpack chant that Herm was talking about. Mitch sent it to Ford. Ford sent it over to me, and we got that on the page as soon as possible. It made people think that I was actually in the stands. That's how quickly we had it up there. So wanted to give him a shout-out. He's the newest Hockey House intern. Just an unbelievable unbelievable scene at frozen finley and we wanted to, to touch on that and like i said the interview goes into more detail but herm i want to toss it back to you from the aftermath from what we've seen now like any more takeaways i mean it's going to change the acha forever i feel like this felt like a pivotal moment for the acha i think your caption said it best with the haters are furious we have slogged through the mud for years of people just absolutely looking down on spitting on the ACHA and club hockey. And this proves so, so much. Huge weekend for the ACHA, more specifically ACHA Division II men's. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. There are some teams that are bound for nationals already. Been a handful of auto bids. We wanted to highlight these eight teams in ACHA men's to punch their tickets to the national championships in Marlboro, Massachusetts. First from the Northeast, the number one seed, UMass Minutemen, followed by number two, their in-state rivals, Northeastern. Familiar faces. Both teams were in St. Louis last year. Both teams have guys who can really play. I mean, especially UMass. I've seen a little bit more of them. I know they played in that the Frozen Jungle League with a lot of the Syracuse guys. They were really impressed with the skill level they brought. Lots of local talent, though. Lots of local guys playing in Marlboro who have been there before. So I think that's an interesting aspect. I really like these Massachusetts teams heading to a familiar place. I know almost everybody in the Northeast has played at the New England Sports Center, but I think it's just going to mean more. Those teams are going to have so much family in attendance. They're high school friends. That'll be really cool to see, and I'm looking forward to that. So those are the two teams representing the Northeast. From the Southeast, we mentioned NC State. That's a team a lot of people are familiar with in the Southeast, but Liberty and Florida Gulf Coast are going to be the one and two seeds coming out of that region. Are we really surprised, though? Consistency is really key here. 
Uh, these two teams almost end up at nationals every year. We talked to the Florida Gulf Coast guys earlier in the year. They mentioned how pivotal it is for them to get this auto bid because spring break is around the corner and flights out of Florida are not cheap. Pivotal for that program to get the auto bid. They were able to do that. They get the two seed. Heading to the Central, again, teams we're familiar with. Lindenwood, they're making the return to Nationals. They will not be the home team, though, this year. Followed by St. Thomas, who is a team that's kind of made a lot of noise this season. Of the eight auto bids we're, we're talking about right now, they're the only new face in the group. Out of the West, we have you, Mary and Montana State. As if there was ever a doubt, the Marauders are coming to Boston, and that's with one goal, three-peating and ending their reign atop the mountain in ACHA men's two action montana state returns for a second straight season at natty's but herm from those eight teams that i just listed i'm curious anything really stand out to you or is it just kind of the teams we expected to be here forget the eight teams shout out the adrian bulldogs but there is still more work to be done this weekend they will be playing the regional tournaments for the respective regions there are some teams that barely missed the cut and will have to crawl their way claw not crawl these are good teams but they're gonna have to claw their way through the competition to get to the national tournament Concordia University of Wisconsin, they had a 12.02 rating in the Central region, and they missed by .06. The St. Thomas Tommies got that. Again, the Central, Trine had 11.55 rating. They missed by .5 points. Keene was just under a point. DePaul was right there. Kentucky right there. And Denver in the West. All these teams, very, very close. We've talked about how hard it is. got to win three straight games in three straight days to make it to Nationals if you don't get that auto bid. But we will kind of preview these regional tournaments. We'll start with the West. They kick things off Thursday, so by the time you're hearing this, these games will already have taken place. But number 7, Washington, takes on number 14, East Texas Baptist. ETBU was not in the top 14, but they did get an auto bid from their conference. We'll get to a little more of that in a bit. But that's followed by number 8, Northern Colorado, facing off against number 13, Cal. And then number 10, UCLA, facing off against number 11, GCU. And number 9, Utah, taking on number 12, Metro State, Denver. Utah is the host of this regional. They're coming at the number 9 seed. And then Friday, College Botno, they're the 6th seed. They will await the highest remaining seed. Weber State at 5. They'll take the second highest remaining seed. Number 3, Denver. And then number 4, Utah State. They will all await opponents on Friday. And then we'll have two teams heading to Nationals out of the West region by Saturday, which would be really exciting. Like we mentioned, University of Utah hosting that one. Over to the Northeast, number 7, Boston College taking on number 14, Bridgewater State. Number 8, Boston University taking on number 13, Connecticut College. Number 9, Sacred Heart taking on number 12, RPI. And number 10, Bryant taking on number 11 Vermont the top seeds getting buys in this are number 14 UNH number five Army number three Keene State and number six Bentley this regional we're kind of getting a preview of the national tournament here this one's going to be at the New England Sports Center in Marlboro so the hopefully the crew in Marlboro can get everything ironed out by the time the national tournament rolls around this should be a really exciting one teams to watch out for we mentioned Keene State they won their conference they're getting hot at the right time UNH was at nationals last year so that's a team to watch out for I want to give a shout out to my guys at Sacred Heart too for those listening had some buddies there they're looking to get hot at the right time too but heading to the southeast the ACC is hosting this one number nine Rowan takes on number 12 Louisville number eight Michigan takes on number 13 Penn Penn made some noise last year they upset NC State very early on in the tournament sent the Wolfpack the ice pack packing we have number seven penn state taking on number 14 rider and then number 10 nc state taking on number 11 unc chapel hill we get a rematch of frozen finley only a couple days later uh, we get to that at the end of the interview with herms later but number four indiana Number five, Miami, Ohio. Number three, Kentucky. And number six, Ohio. The legends, right, Herm? That's what they call them at OU? They call them the heroes. The heroes. Sorry, my, my apologies to the heroes. They will get the buys on Saturday. Herm, I think this is the toughest division. Looking at it, we've talked about NC State. We've talked about UNC. Indiana, Miami, Ohio, Kentucky, Ohio. Those are all teams that we've talked about out of those six that we mentioned, only two are going to go to nationals, which is a real shame. But I think the Southeast is the toughest region. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. Roll Bobbies. I'd love to see Kentucky wind up making it out just because they're a content factory. And I know them making it to nationals would be electric. Yeah, I feel like Kentucky's a team that gets a lot of attention. And then like they, they just never get the results. They're always on the outside looking in. I know when they were an independent team, it was a little tougher for them to make the tournament and get through regionals. But... 
we'll keep an eye on that. Lastly, the Central. Uh, this is hosted by Maryville University at the Maryville Hockey Center. Number seven, Michigan State taking on number 14, Sioux College. Number eight, Marion taking on 13, Wisconsin. Number nine, Iowa taking on number 12, the Adrian College Bulldogs. Number 10, Minnesota taking on number 11, Lake Superior State. Teams receiving a bye and playing on Saturday are number four, Trine. Number five, DePaul. Number three, Concordia, Wisconsin. And number four, Minnesota Crookston. This regional at Maryville, Herm, I know you will have your eyes peeled to this streaming exclusively on Hockey TV. That's where you can find all of the regional tournaments as we get prepped for the Nationals. But exciting hockey. Wanted to wish better luck next season. These teams were ranked 15 to end of the season, and they did not have a chance to compete at regionals. That's Clarkson, University of Wisconsin, Eclair, Bowling Green, Williston State, and then number 14, Arizona State, actually got bumped by number 17, East Texas Baptist University, who won their conference tournament and receiving the auto bid. Very exciting time. Get your March Madness brackets out. Predicting what happens this weekend at the regional tournaments is nearly impossible, but definitely worth following along. Like I mentioned, if you want to catch any of those games, follow along on Hockey TV. They are streaming all of them. We wanted to give a plug for the Jog ACHA Prospect Showcase. If you're looking to play in the ACHA, the 2023 Men's and Women's Jog College Prospect Showcase registration is now open. Players will compete in three games in one practice in front of the top ACHA coaches in the country. This year's showcase will be May 5th through the 7th at 5th Third Arena in Chicago, Illinois. If you're a prospective player or coach of a current team that wants to attend the showcase, head over to www.5ththirdarena.com slash hockey slash jog dash college dash showcase for more information. Great opportunity for young players who are interested in learning about the ACHA. Get yourself in front of the best ACHA coaches in the country. It's in Chicago. If you're in the Midwest, this is a must. If you're in the Northeast or you're in an area where there's not that many ACHA teams, bring yourself out to Chicago. Bring the fam. Bring the parents. Make a trip out of it. Spring break. May 5th through the 7th, 5th, 3rd Arena in Chicago. I want to give a shout out to some teams who won their conference tournament a couple weekends ago. There were plenty of conference championships. And if we missed your team, feel free to send us a DM with your photo. We'd love to see it. But here were ones that we saw. Uh, the St. Thomas Tommies won the Western Collegiate Club Hockey Association Conference title, their third WCCHA title, and Carla Berg Cup. They did it with a 5-1 win over Wisconsin. DePaul, the Blue Demons, they claimed their first NCHL title in program history, defeating the number one seed, Concordia, Wisconsin. Want to give a shout-out to our guy, Asher Motu. West Coast Hockey Conference, the WCHC GCU claimed that one. They scored with eight seconds left to defeat UCLA 2-1. And then in the Mid-America Collegiate Hockey Association, they had the Silver Division, which Mizzou brought home the title. They were the eight seed. They defeated Nebraska 5-4 in overtime to claim the Silver title. They actually upset Arkansas in the semifinals. And then in the Gold Division, D2 ACHA, the Iowa Hawkeyes defeated Illinois State 2-1 to claim that title. On a more serious note, we wanted to give our stick taps this week to the women at Michigan and Michigan State. There was a gorgeous photo taken of those two teams on the blue line together in the first games back since the shootings at Michigan State a week ago. It's a beautiful thing when hockey players are able to come together and put their differences aside. And I know we saw this um, when the Vegas Golden Knights went through what they did when they first became a team and the Dallas Stars joined them on the blue line for the anthem. But to see two schools like Michigan State and Michigan, and I know it's been happening in all sports. They've been coming together and showing, especially Michigan, showing their support and love for their rival Michigan State. The photo captured all of the emotions. Two very well-respected women's programs standing in unity, so we wanted to give them a shout-out. Thoughts and prayers for everyone involved with the issue at Michigan State. That being said, I think it's time we turn things over to an interview. Really good one with Zach Herman. He had three goals on Monday night in the 7-3 win for the Ice Pack. As always, this interview is presented by Optum X Sports. We're pleased to be joined by NC State freshman forward, fresh off his hat trick at Frozen Finley earlier this week in the Ice Pack 7-3 win over UNC. Number eight, Zach Herman. Herms, welcome to the Hockey House. Thank you, guys. Thank you. This feels like breaking news. I don't know the last time we had a guest like straight off of their performance. Like You you literally played earlier in the week. This episode will drop Friday, so we're pumped to have you on. Yeah, no, I'm glad to be here. This is, uh, this is awesome. This has been the attention of kind of the hockey world for the last couple of days. Not, I mean, we talked briefly, but not even the ACHA, not even club hockey, like the hockey 
hockey world had its eyes on Raleigh this weekend and Raleigh did not disappoint. When did you first find out that you guys were going to have the opportunity to play outdoors this year? I think it was sometime back in uh, mid to late January. Ever since the beginning of the season, uh, there were kind of rumblings going around that maybe there was a possibility, there was a chance that we might get out there. From what I remember, once it kind of got to the end of 2022, it didn't sound too optimistic. Everyone was like, oh, I don't know if it's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, mid to late January, we come into practice one day. They're like, hey, boys, sit down, check this out. They throw it up and they throw up the logo for Frozen Finley. And everyone's looking around at each other like, wow, like this is going to happen. It, when we found out, we were stoked. I mean, I mean, what else can you really ask for, right? I mean, it, it was unreal to find out for sure. But, you know, definitely never imagined, like, how it actually turned out. It feels like a long time ago now. But the first NC State guy we had on was Riley Johnson, who graduated before you got there. But I remember even him, because there were rumblings at that point that the Hurricanes were going to get a stadium series game. And then the pandemic hits. They cancel all the outdoor games for that kind of hybrid season. The, the talks kind of went away. But once the Hurricanes got that game, I feel like it came back on the radar. But like you mentioned, it wasn't even a guarantee. I know there was a lot of hoops that you guys had to jump through just to make this game happen on Monday night. As a kid from North Carolina in the area, like how cool was that just to, just to first learn that the Hurricanes were going to have an outdoor game in your backyard and then come to find out that you guys are also playing too yeah it was great uh, like you said like raleigh kid i, I born and raised her i've lived here my whole life you know i grew up still am diehard canes fan so you know you see all the stuff on tv every every new year's day you watch the winter classic to see that we were going to get one here you know obviously like definitely wanted to be there my dad got our family tickets and uh so we went which was really cool because you know i'm sitting there and like okay like you know this is two days before right so i'm sitting there and i'm like trying to enjoy the game but all, all i could think about was monday night but no the, the nhl did a great job they actually took us on a little stadium tour the wednesday before and so our whole team our media staff our you know everybody within our program got to go walk down through carter finley they showed us you know how the ice is made where the truck is that's doing all that you know it was it was just a great all-around experience behind the scenes of how it was going to work out going to the game itself the game was incredible i mean kakaniemi scores two minutes into the game place erupts and you know you got sixty thousand people and it was nah, it was it was crazy so i'm from new england but the craziest thing to me leading up to the game was the amount of people that i saw on social media trashing the nhl like classic nhl having the stadium series no one cares about it they're having it carter finley like why not have it at a more iconic venue and i'm thinking myself like as a Bruins fan like I've seen how crazy Hurricanes fans are the last couple years in the playoffs yeah. uh one of my best friends grew up in Raleigh he was a diehard Canes fan too I played with him at Syracuse I'm thinking this place is gonna be bonkers when when the Canes hit the like people don't understand that Raleigh is a hockey town and then by the end of the game I think everybody had changed their minds based on the performance that the Hurricanes put on yeah and so so for me I never actually really I, you know I watched I went back and watched the highlights and or whatnot but I, it was weird this time for me seeing it from a different perspective right because when all this you know stadium series winter classic goes on i'm you know i'm normally you know watching on tv it was definitely a crazy experience you know being from here and going to canes games and all that stuff you know i know how it is down here in raleigh and you know when i was you know eight nine ten years old going to canes games it's a spotty crowd right i mean you get you know, a place holds uh, 19,000, I think. You know, you get 8, 9, 10, 11, and it's like, okay. But, you know, now it's, you know, Canes are, you know, doing well. The past couple of years, you're getting, you know, 19,000 people in that building on a random Tuesday night. You know, it's just created this buzz in the area. You know, whether it be, you know, Wolfpack fans, NC State fans, everybody you know everybody bleeds red down here so I, I had a feeling you know that it was just gonna be a really good event when you know when i heard about it but no fans down here are definitely uh they're evolving for sure now i have to go to ep for this one but you're in 03 so you probably don't remember much from the 06 run am i right no yeah so i do not so my old coach i played for aaron ward for a couple of us on the team plays for aaron ward for a good bit he's actually he's let me he's let me throw on the ring before which is pretty cool you know we'd go back and he scored the first goal game seven you know i definitely go back and watch it and all that stuff but i wasn't old enough to remember that stuff yet if people listening have not i highly recommend watching but the hurricanes 2006 stanley cup video i think is the best stanley cup video of all time the game seven highlight video it gives me chills every time i watch it 
That's awesome. All right. So let's go next down the timeline. When did you get your first look at the jerseys? Because I think both teams had unbelievable jerseys for this outdoor game. You guys were going based off of the football team's blackout jerseys. Did you have an idea of what they were going to look like before you saw them? Quick like side note to that about the jerseys. Uh, I have to shout out all of our media team. You know, Harrison, Zach, Gianna. They're the, they're the people. They're the ones that put together the jerseys, put together the advertisement, the jersey reveal video. Uh, Harrison Eaton, uh, he actually designed the jerseys themselves and obviously you know you can see where the concepts from it's from the football jerseys he works for the nc state football team as well doing media there's that tie there i'm trying to think the first time we saw them i think they showed us a mock-up of the jerseys that was i mean that was sweet right i mean you know and it's you know it's never the same as seeing them in person but they showed us the mock-up We're like wow like blackout under the lights pitch blackout and then one day went to the rink for some random reason i think i had to go buy a new stick or something and walk in the locker room and jerseys are hanging up in the stalls and i'm like so that was the first time i saw them in person and i was like oh these these things are sweet they're all stitched up you know nice thick jerseys i got the fight strap in the bag for for no reason they didn't didn't need that but They've got it there just in case. But no, the jerseys are sweet. They did a great job with them, tying it in. You know, it made perfect sense, right? Playing at Carter Finley, you know, the whole concept, which is great. The Hurricanes, their jerseys looked really good outdoors too. I, you got to give them credit because I think a lot of people going into the game were like, oh, these jerseys stink too. Yeah. yeah, you know, the yeah jer- I, people are saying the jerseys stink. It shouldn't be in Raleigh. And then they put that to rest real quick. Yeah, but I didn't mind I think, the black the black Jays. Yeah, I think if people had their pick, I think they would take what you guys wore because of the significance of Carter Finley. Yeah, and plus the football stripe on the helmet, that was a nice touch. I know both teams did that too. Yeah, no, we're trying to, you know, we our equipment manager, uh, Jesse Tart, we've been talking to him. We're like, hey, like, you know, Let's just let's just keep these on here for next year. Like no reason, no reason to take them off. I mean, we all we all like it. Uh, I think the hope is to keep the black jerseys around for next year. So we'll we'll see how that goes. That's awesome. That would be well worth it. Let's kind of go to the game. Uh, what was that like? I know the it's not far from campus, but did you guys go to the rink first, pack everything up, ride the bus to the rink? What was that? What was kind of the game day experience like? Yeah. So again, shout out, shout out to our tart our equipment manager. He uh, that morning, uh, early morning for him, got up at yeah, I think he got up at five. 5 a.m., you know, crack of dawn. And he basically told us, hey, boys, like, you know, everything you need, put it on your stall, you know. And so he, he got a sprinter van, put it, you know, loaded everything up, took it to the rink. You know, we actually used the locker rooms that the Canes and Caps used for their game. You know, when we get there at four, you know, all of our stuff's hanging up in the stalls. It's all nice, you know, apparel sitting on the, the, the chairs and everything. It was super professional, which was awesome. Uh, but in terms of getting to the game, we drove. So our rink's about 10 minutes away from Carter Finley. Uh, so we actually drove to the rink. A lot of the um, founders of NC State Hockey were there, talked with those guys for a little bit. We got on the, the bus, took a team bus down to Carter Finley. And then when we got there around, we got there around 4.15-ish, the uh, Hurricanes alumni game had just started. So that was really cool. Uh, you know, got a lot of us have, you know, been around those guys, you know, local rinks right here. You know, with, with North Carolina hockey, everybody knows everybody to some degree. Right. I mean, it's not a huge world. You said New England, right? So it's 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 not like New England sports village where you're walking around 15 rinks looking for people. We, we all know each other. So that was cool. We get there, you know, we're down and around, you know, Canes players are walking down right next to us around the rink, which is super cool. Uh, alumni, you know, Brindamore's walking in and out of the locker room. So that was that was kind of got there at 430 ish. Went off the world to 630. Uh, that was that was a blast. So when we got there for the alumni game, they had only opened up one half of the lower bowl of Carter Finley. And, you know, obviously the whole week leading up to this, you know, we're sitting in the locker room throwing out numbers. We're like, all right, like, you know, 10,000 would be cool. Like, you know, 15,000, maybe like if that could happen, that'd be cool. So we get there and I'm like, boys, I think the lower bowl is like pretty full. And I, I was right to a degree. They had one half full for the alumni game. So I'm like, all right, like that that's cool. Like, you know, it's, it's a lot of people. Definitely caught me off guard when the game started. As that game ended, people were starting to flow in for our game. And they were sending them to the other side. So I was like, okay, like, you know, people are starting to flow in here. And, you know, all the boys are, you know, stretching out, playing like Sue down on the down on the tarps, right? Right around the rink. I think one of the coolest parts, and I, did you watch the stadium series game? Yeah, I got to see the stadium series game. I, I kind of like you, I, I was in and out watching the game but i went back and watched all the highlights i think one of the coolest things about the stadium series game was when the canes came out for puck drop how they cut the lights and they marched so that was cool puck drop was at seven so i think we went off for world was at 6 35 and they didn't cut the lights but you know we're all we're all praying for we're like all right cut the lights cut the lights 
but they didn't cut the lights. But we uh, went from our our locker room and just marched down to the far side. The we you know the tunnel we're coming out. NC State bands right on top of us, so they start playing music, and we just do that march and come out for warm ups. And I was like, wow, like place filled up even more so as the game went on. But no, that was that was definitely one of the coolest parts. Was uh, was that march down and you look up and it you know for better or worse, it was a home game for NC State. You know, I, I would say out of the twenty six thousand, I would will be willing to bet. 24 25 we're wearing red that was cool and then no no bucky warm-ups that was sick we got to talk about this because correct me if i'm wrong it was the unc boys they just they came no bucket right from the start right yeah so you know we were i, I talked to i talked to coach healy about it. i was like coach like no bucky's warm-ups like that would be crazy like that's unheard of that's what the nhl does when they do the outdoor games the, the players all come out with the beanie hats on no one's yeah. wearing the helmet and so yeah. how did how did it happen for you guys so we were so USA Hockey apparently told us that we that it wasn't allowed to happen. So like, all right, like you know, we get it, right? Like you know, still toss some eye black on, like keep the bucky on, and like roll around. Then we come out, and they came out after us, and we look over, we're like, all right, well, that's not what we were told. Apparently, you know, if we if someone had said something, it would have been like a delay a game to start the penalty for them or whatever, or to start the game for them or whatever. But we were like, let's just do no buckies, like like you know, once in a lifetime. It's so I give them credit. The beanies are a nice touch. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate. Like I'm not a fan of that school, but like I'm not gonna hate. Like the beanies were a nice touch. Uh, I definitely wish, you know, we knew we were allowed to do it and I know we would have gotten some, but no, that was sick. No, like, you know, place was starting to fill up and you know, you're lapping around, no, no buckets. Uh I think all the boys made sure to get a little water in the hair or something, just like just so uh just so it flow a little easier. But no, that that was dope. Well that was it was awesome because people in the Instagram comments, you know, uh Herm got a bunch of photos and we, I was like, we have to do a no bucket picture. Like, oh yeah, everyone's talking like college hockey, no bucket warm ups. BU did it a couple years ago when they had the throwback jerseys, and people loved it. I was like, we have to post this, and so we posted it. And somebody was like, oh, I really wish NC State had got the beanie memo. And it's like they don't even know that you guys went on the ice with helmets to start with. Now was yeah. it like one by one where guys like I'm taking my bucket off and airs <laughs> off? Well, I looked over and I'm like, all right, well they're getting away with this, and I'm like, I, I'm sure I'm definitely not gonna. You know, let that slide and keep mine on. So, you know, you just kind of every time you, you come around the net, you look over and like one more one less person has theirs on. So we're all just like, all right, whatever, let's do it. Like, what's it going to hurt now? I mean, they're already doing it. The better part than that was just the, the sheer amount of eye black that was on that rink. You look around and everyone's just just covered all. I mean, it's it's not like, you know, the lights are the stadium lights are on. But obviously, you know, it's it's pitch, pitch black outside. But uh, everyone's just got just running down their faces. You have to. If you're playing outdoors, no, ab- you gotta absolutely. throw the eye black. Out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I had I I did like the like the Ray Lewis. I had the kind of triangles going over the bridge of my nose. Now when when you get the bucket off, are you just like praying that you got a good skate sharpening before the game? Or are you like I, I can't Oh yeah. Every time I was like circle back up the ice, I'm like, you know, squatting a little more just to make sure I don't just eat it. Uh, I almost took a stick to the mouth once. You know, I did not go near the net. I, you know, pucks are whizzing around, you're like, all right, like this is dope and all. Like I'm gonna lose a tooth. Even with my helmet on in warmups, I'm always worried that I'm gonna catch a puck in the side of the ear because I don't wear the, the ear guards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so yeah. I can't even imagine going no bucket around the crossbar. Yeah, I was I was kind of freaked out, but I was like, you know, this is once in a lifetime. Like, you know, my bucket's gonna be on for every other warm up in my life, so <laughs> might yeah. as well just eat it now. You go back to the locker room, and, and that's when things kind of settle in. I'm sure that second time when you came out for the game, I, I mean, at this point, there's probably even a bigger crowd than you expected, right? Yeah, I mean, going off for warm-ups was bigger than I expected. It was actually crazy. So when we came back to the locker room, things almost got not, I'm not going to say more hectic, right? Everyone kind of settled in. It was hot out there for sure. You know, everyone's hating on, you know, Raleigh and they're like, oh, it's too hot. And I think they had problems with the Michigan State, Ohio State ice or Michigan, Ohio State. They had to delay the game. They like took a chunk out of the ice. And I saw people online say too, like it didn't happen in Raleigh. Yeah, I, I was, you know, like me, I, I'm always going to defend Raleigh, like, you know, through and through. And I'm sitting here and I was looking at like the, the one of the NHL posts or something and someone's like, uh, can't wait for the ice to get messed up in Raleigh this weekend. And then and then it happens up there. Like the ice was fine down here. Granted, it was hot. Like for Stadium Series game, it was pretty cold, right? It was, I think it was 40, 45. It was it was cold. But our game, you know, the ice was fine, but it was hot. It was probably 60 degrees outside. Um, anyways, we come back to the lo- uh, locker room after warmups. What was cool was the room we had was in half and the other half was the alumni guys. So they had just gotten off. They were basically hanging out in our locker room. You know, I'm sitting there taping on my stick and 
Tim Gleason rolls past me, assistant coach of the Canes, like, you know, two, three times. It was cool. The chancellor of NC State came in and talked to everybody before the game. And then Jordan Martin came in and he had his kids. Wasn't doing the typical Marty stuff that you might, you know, you might imagine, right? It was, it was fairly PG. But then you look and Rod Brindamore's got his head peeked in. Uh, and so, you know, you're sitting there, you're trying to like, you know, settle down, settle up for a game and like, all these guys you watch and have, you know, seen on TV your whole life and whatever are just, you know, oh, hey, boys, what's up? You're like, hey, like, should I be talking to you right now? Like, but then what was cool is uh, an awesome guy, Ben Finley. He's one of the quarterbacks at NC State. He came in and read the starting lineup. Uh, great guy. He was hanging out in the locker room before and after the game. He was pumped. I don't know if you definitely saw the video. The, uh, he was uh, super cool about it. Oh, was that, was that him in the what happened video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was him. Hold on. See, like, I'm not an NC State guy, so I wouldn't recognize that. I just figured it was, like, a scratch or something like that. That's insane. No, yeah. So he was, he's one of the quarterbacks at NC State, and he actually was the quarterback when we beat UNC this year at UNC. That was Coach Healy's whole concept with having him come in, and uh, he was like, you know, this guy knows a thing or two about, you know, beating UNC, yada, yada, yada. And so that was why, you know, Ben Finley came and did the starting lineups. And then, you know, so one of the one of the boys after the game was like, hey, you got you to do this video for us. And so he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So that was, that was pretty – I thought that was funny. That's unreal. So UNC jumps out to the lead right away. Was there any, like, panic on the bench? Like, I know kind of in the, in the season series heading into Monday night, they had had you guys kind of your number, like, three and one going into it. Yeah. When they jumped out to the early lead, like, was there anything said on the bench? Was it, hey, guys, this is our house. Like, this is Carter Finley. Like, come on now. Or did you just have to calm the nerves a bit? I was on the bench when the game started. And, you know, I'm kind of sitting there and, you know, just making sure all my gear feels good. Like, you know, water, biosteel, whatever, like whatever's on the bench, just drinking some stuff. Puck drops 20 seconds. And then like, I see they're on a breakaway. I kind of look up and they're on a breakaway. And I'm like, oh man, we cannot like, and they, you know, they score. And I'm like, oh, wow, this isn't like, we cannot let this happen tonight. Like this, this cannot happen. I'm not going to say there's any worry, right? I mean, you, you know, 30 seconds into a 60 minute game, like no disrespect. Like you said, like they've had our number this year, you know, they're a good team. Um, you know, not going to sit here and like lie about it. Like they have a good team and, um, you know, all of our games this year with them have been really, really fun ones for a second. They're definitely in the back of your head. You're like, Oh boy, 20 seconds in, like we're, we're, we're playing from behind here. Like this is, uh, not ideal. One of the cool things I think about when I think about like the hockey fan base down here is how much people are starting to understand the little bits of the game, right? Like, you know, 10 years ago at a Hurricanes game, you know, they kill a power play. It might not be as loud as it is now, right? And that's just like the hockey knowledge. And so now you go to a Canes game, you know, a guy dives out, eats a shot on a penalty kill and the place erupts, right? And so kudos to all the people that were there at the game. You know, place was buzzing, like, you know, and you could, you could feel the energy from it, especially leading up to puck drop. And then when they scored like that, you just, it just all got sucked out. And you're like, oh, like that's not... That was not ideal. It was cool. Like, you know, we got it back and, you know, it was, you know, even game. And I think we, we've done a good job this second semester about coming to play on time. Uh, and so, you know, I kind of say like after that two minutes, I think we, we showed up to play on time. But no, that was, it was definitely a little nerve wracking uh, when, you know, when they scored that quick. You obviously had a really good night. You get the ice pack on the board to start things off. That first goal had to feel so cool. I mean, the reaction from the crowd. Have you heard a louder cheer in your life than when you scored that first goal? No, yeah, that that was crazy. I don't know. I, that was asked about, you know, like, oh, how'd that feel? I'm like, if I could remember, I would tell you. Coach has been on me all year about, you know, I love coming down on my backhand side like that and trying to, you know, flip it up short side over a shoulder. I'm sitting there like I'm skating down the ice. And I'm like, all right, let me just try to go. Let me just try to cut across here and go, you know, go back post. And I was like, all right, let's, you know, let's go for it. And uh, I didn't, you know, people that don't, that don't understand hockey as much, like, you know, I'm not going to like go into that much detail, but I didn't get all of it at all. Like I, I, I definitely did not get all the puck. It went in and, you know, kind of came around the net and I was like, all right, like did a did the little heartbreaker. I was like, all right, this place, I mean, the place is crazy. I, it was place went nuts and I was like wow this is sick I feel like from that point on you guys were pretty much in control I mean you led 3-1 after the first 4-1 after the second coach Healy mentioned after the game that it was nice that you guys could kind of throw it into cruise control in that third period you had a big enough lead where you could kind of just soak it all in you ended up getting the hat trick what was that like to kind of be in a comfortable position where you could kind of take in the environment you're a kid from Raleigh you're playing at Carter Finley you're up against the Tar Heels like I, I feel like it doesn't get any better than that you know, they, they made it 4-2 there halfway through the third. And at that point, I was like, all right, like, you know, I, I felt like, you know, going into the third, there have been multiple times this year that we've played them and they've, you know, we've been up a goal or two and they've come back. And so obviously that was kind of in the back of everybody's 
everybody's head. We're like, all right, like, you know, we've been in this position before and, you know, we know that they're good about, you know, when they're, when they have momentum, they're going, they're running. And so when they made it four two, I, I'm not going to lie. I think everyone's like, all right, like, you know, I've seen this movie before. Like, let, let's figure this out. Luckily, we got a pretty quick response. And I think after it hit 5-2 is when we started all feeling a lot more comfortable. Like, all right, like, you know, obviously this game's not over, but, you know, now it's time that we can maybe take it in a little more. And, you know, it, it's hard. It was hard not to look up during the game because, you know, you want to look up and see what everything looks like and just, just experience all of that. You know, you try and stay focused on the ice for sure. And, you know, when it was 4-2 especially, I was like, all right, like, I really couldn't care less what the crowd looks like right now. In terms of numbers, like we, if, we're, if there are two people in the stands or twenty six thousand, like we have to win this game. And so when it hit four two, I was like, all right, like this is this is serious now. And so you know, luckily we got two quick ones. And you know, after it hit five two six two, I was like, all right, like let's look up, let's enjoy this, like you know, let, let's make sure that we don't. This is something we don't forget. Kind of after the fact, you mentioned guys in practice were trying to guess, you know, with the crowd. I mean, did you guys expect the reaction on social media afterwards? Because like. This kind of got national attention in the hockey community for what was going on at Carter Finley on Monday night. Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, we're all sitting there on our phone. My phone died right after the game. I was like, oh, you know, this this will be interesting later. Open it up later. My phone's back alive. No, that was it was crazy. Uh, you know, it's everywhere. It was cool. I think even before the game, actually, especially the jerseys. I know, uh, I know, Grinelli was loving the UNC jerseys. They were in town for the stadium series game, so they were at uh, this bar, Teats downtown Raleigh. So one of our social media guys actually he threw on my my black jersey for the game. He walked in there. And Grinelli's like, oh, and he like, you know, he was going to find Grinelli. He's like, hey, you know, wanted to get a, a video of, uh, I don't know, I don't know, you may have, you may have saw, uh, seen it. So Grinelli came out and, you know, we're, we're like, oh man, come on, the white, the white jerseys, man. Like, you gotta, you gotta, you, you don't, you don't like these, man. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I love the whites. It was cool. I think even before the game, it was getting a lot of national attention. Um, I think especially uh, with the stadium series game and us being so close in proximity to the Hurricanes and, you know, we have a lot of guys that, you know, are affiliated with us in some way, but also there. Um, I think it was very cool the way that um, it was tied together. Uh, and especially, I don't know if you saw all the Marty Smith stuff. That was awesome. Uh, he came down and down Fan Fest, you know, where us and the football team were hanging with him downtown. And the next morning he came to the rink and five of us got to light him up on ESPN that morning. So that was cool. Especially the reaction after the games. Just, I mean, it was everywhere, right? It was nice to, to put you know you know everyone everyone loves to hate on the acha but you know i think i think a lot of people got mad when it got you know when it got that much attention and you know we're obviously we're all sitting here loving it no it, it was definitely really cool so you kind of mentioned the, the close ties with the hockey community in raleigh you know you have the junior canes the hurricanes the new rink nc state hockey talk a little bit about playing for the junior canes growing up like what was that like because i feel like a lot of you guys at nc state grew up in the raleigh area and it's kind of just a testament to how much the youth program has grown over the last couple of years yeah for sure i know you know i i talking to coach healy before you know he loves how homegrown our team is i can think of at least four or five of us that all played u13 triple a together half of our team played on the same roller hockey team growing up it's really cool because so i i lived away from home last year you know i played travel up north and one of my best friends you know on the team you know he convinced me he's like hey dude just just come to state play here like you'll have a blast and uh, you know i went for it and you know it's cool to be back here with all you know all my best friends growing up playing you know you got guys like the hurricanes equipment manager used to play for nc state and so, you know, he'll come and, you know, he, he read the starting lineups one game. And those guys don't maybe not know us personally, but like, you know, those guys know about NC State hockey. And obviously, you know, we know about Hurricanes hockey, but like it is cool when we're when we're down on like the tarps around the rink before the game. And, you know, Brent Burns will come back. Hey, boys, like, good luck. No. And it's like, all right, it's just, you know, cool stuff like that. Like it does feel like a big hockey community down here now. And I think, you know, and I'm, I'm definitely hopeful after, after, you know, Monday that everybody that's learned to embrace Hurricanes hockey is going to, you know, do the same for NC State. You mentioned playing in the Northeast last year. You played for the Maine Nordiques. What was that like, kind of that culture shift from you, you grew up playing hockey in the South, you come to the Northeast for a year. Were there any thoughts when you were up here about, hey, maybe, maybe I try to find a, a school in the Northeast to play college hockey at? Yeah, well, the biggest thing was it was cold. I, you know, being from here my whole life, I remember going up, like, when I first went up to Maine, right, you know, I'm taking my, you know, my little puffer jacket. I'm like, all right, this will do the job. And, you know, before I know it, I'm, you know, I'm going to bed in, like, three layers. It's negative 20 outside, you know, and I'm like, are you kidding me? 
that that was the biggest thing. But no, it was cool. It, it's definitely you know up north, like you know, it is you know how people say like it's it's a whole nother world with hockey, right? Everyone you know knows everybody's name, everybody's heard of each other, or, you know, something like that. And those games playing that that level of AAA hockey up there was was definitely a blast for a good little bit. I thought I was gonna head up and play juniors in Canada this year. Uh, I was gonna go up to the CCHL and play. You know, so I thought about you know doing that, taking that route and going to you know play at college up north somewhere or whatever it may be. But you know, I was just like. Hey, like, go back home. The program here is treated so professionally. I mean, you, you know, you see how things are run on social media and all that, all that stuff. So it was one of those situations where it's like, chase this and hope that I end up here. And, you know, if I don't, you know, I lose out on all this, right? And so took a leap of faith, you know, listened to a couple of people that, that said to come do it. Definitely made the right decision for sure. I'm glad I, you know, ended up here, especially now, like all these, you know, playing at PNC, playing at Carter Finley, just, you know, stuff that, you know, you, you're not going to get any other time. We gave a shout out on Twitter today. I don't know if you saw it to uh, Eric Daniel because he was yeah. playing at, at King's College. And it's like, he's a kid from Raleigh. He went and played King's College D3 NCAA. And, you know, during COVID, he decided he was going to head back to NC State. And it's like, he never in a million years, he probably thought he was going to play a game at Carter Finley Stadium. It's like, only only in Raleigh would something like that happen. Yeah, and and I think it's you know I think it's it's also a testament to how much better the league has gotten. My first ACHA game, you know, we go up to what well, I guess what is it, Blacks, you know, Lynchburg, Virginia, and we're playing Liberty's you know D one team, and I'm like, all right, like you know, I I know nothing about the league at this point, right? I've never played. These guys these guys can play like. It's good. Like, it's good hockey. Like I said, I, I had no idea what the level of the league was before. And, you know, I, I definitely think for the people that have never played, you know, no, zero seconds of ACHA hockey that I think people might not quite understand that it is it is good hockey. And I think it's a great alternative for people that, you know, like like someone like me, I didn't want to go to a small D3 school and, you know, play and, you know, have, you know, be on a campus with 5,000 people in the middle of nowhere. You know, I wanted to come to a big school and have that big school environment and, you know, here, you know, where I grew up. And I think that something like, you know, like like the ACHA, it, it's good at both of those things, right? And I think that it, it really is a testament to the, the level of hockey and also the, I'm not, I'm not going to use the word convenient because it's not a convenience thing, but it's like how, how cool it is to have the best of both worlds. You mentioned getting adjusted to the ACHA and, and kind of how eye-opening it was to play a team like Liberty. You, you mentioned that you got kicked out of your first home game. What happened there? So our first home game, we played Drexel. And obviously, you know, rookies got the yellow laces on, right? So tell us about that tradition because I don't know if a lot of people know. Uh, you guys do the yellow laces at, at State. Yeah, so, you know, rookies, you know, rookies, yellow laces until you score your first goal. And so, you know, obviously, you know, your first game, right? You're like, all right, like, your first home game, you know, again, credits, you know, all the Wolfpack fans, right? Like we, our, our barn, you know, 800 to a thousand seats. And, you know, the big games that we play there are standing room only, you know, you get 1200, 1300 people in there and especially that first game. Right. And so the first game of the season place is packed. Right. And I'm like, all right, like I got these yellow laces on. I look like an idiot. Like I got to get these things off. And, you know, first period goes by nothing. Second period goes by nothing. Third period, Finally, you know, I, I got, you know, beautiful setup. It's just backdoor tap in. But of course, you know me, I'm like jumping into the boards. Like, you know, I'm pumped. I'm like, I get these stupid laces off. And so then, <laughs> you know, we're, you know, we're playing. It's a scrappy game, right? I think it was 6-7-1 at that point. And one of their kids, you know, obviously my adrenaline's going. First home game. And one of their kids comes up and just, you know, elbow to the back of the head of one of my teammates. And I was like, all right, that's not going to fly. So I go over and right, you know, right in the head, right? I'm thinking like, all right, no, like this is going to, you know, they'll give us, they'll give us equal, like, you know, coincidentals. We'll go, I'll go sit the rest of the game, whatever. Guy, you know, ref just grabs my jersey and skates me straight to the door. And we actually played, I think we played UNCW the next day and that at home. And that's always a big game, right? Like, you know, especially, I'll definitely talk about UNCW there. That's crazy. UNCW at home still, you know, it's always a big game, right? Like UNCW, UNC, like all these, you know, big schools that like, people around here don't really like the NC State fans don't like and so I was like shoot like did I get a game like you know am I gonna be able to play tomorrow like I'm I'm flipping out and so you know I'm like I'm like going on back on the pack tv and getting the clip and I'm like coach show this to the ref like I didn't do this and eventually after this I've never seen this in my whole life after the game the refs changed my 10 in a game to like a two and I got unsuspended for the next game or it was something I'm like I'm sitting there you know I'm, I'm like you know, taking my skates off. I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like we play UNCW tomorrow. It's my third game of the year. And I'm, I'm, you know, I think, I think halfway through the year, I was like leading the, the league in penalty minutes or something. I'd gotten kicked out like twice, you know, mold like a couple tens. Like, oh, I'm going to miss first, you know, 
game against UNCW at home. And uh, it, it was funny. I'm, I'm sitting there freaking out. And, you know, I, I, I looked down from, you know, the glass above after the game. And Coach is sitting there, like, looking at, like, hey, like, talking to the ref, like, hey, look at this. Like, he, he didn't do that. And they changed it. And so uh, that was, I was, I've never seen anything like that at all. That is unreal. Reminds me of uh, uh, who was the guy on the Lakers? He got a, he had a foul and he grabbed the photographer's camera and he went, show it to the, yeah, was it, it Pat was, Beverly? Uh, I think it was Pat Bev. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was like against the Celtics at the end. Yeah. That's literally what it was. Coach Ely goes down and I see him like he's sitting there, he's sitting there like with the ref, like, like holding his phone up and, and the ref's like, mm. and then I look and they start writing stuff down. I'm like, no. No way they just like they just changed that. He comes upstairs, he's like, All right, like I'm not gonna sit here and say that that was the best penalty you've ever taken, but you can play tomorrow. So that that was funny. That was definitely a funny experience. And I think like oh, two weeks later or something, I got kicked out of a game for like our first home game versus UNC at the end of the game. That one actually wasn't me, but you know, it, it was, it, you know, UNC at home, like the games, you know, obviously big adrenaline game. So I just got off the ice for that one. Well, speaking of big adrenaline games, talk about your first trip to UNCW. Yeah, that place is, I mean, that place is crazy. They, it's, not the, it's not the biggest rink you'll ever see in your life, but because of that, it's, it's, it's wild. It's to the point now that they um, limit and rope off how many people get in there. So last year, stories I heard last year, uh, where there are people jumping on the ice, like over the glass during our, you know, NC State's game down there. You know, I hear all these stories. Everyone's like, oh, just, just wait. Like you're, it's something, you know, it's an out of body experience. Like the way they have, it, it's like, you know, like a little, little hallway and you're like two locker rooms in there and a bathroom. Right. And so we get that whole hallway to ourselves. But like the second you leave the hallway, it's just bleach. Like it stands. Right. So I'm, so we're coming out for warm ups. I'm sitting there like buckling my chin strap up. And I look up and this guy is leaning around the wall. Like they're leaning around the wall, chirping us before we you know we're even on the ice and you know these guys obviously like you know they, they've looked up your social medias they've looked up your stats like everything right they're sitting there with like a list on their phone just ready to feed you and, and even before that like I, I wasn't i was i had my my lower gear on and i walk out to talk to coach about something and i got this this guy jumps down from the stands and comes stands right next to me on the glass and like gets up in my face like so what's up man like you ready for tonight i'm like dude like get off of me like what are you doing I'd never chirped a fan so much in my life. I mean, I'm sitting there and like, we're about to go out for, for puck drop. And I'm just like, just looking up at this kid. He and I are just going back and forth. We ended up getting, we ended up getting a lead. So a lot of, you know, a lot of the obnoxious guys kind of left, but that, you know, throughout all the stories I, I had heard about UNCW, like that when you get there and you're in the moment, these guys are just saying some the most, some of those obnoxious stuff you've ever heard while you're just standing, like you can hear it in the locker room. So it's, uh, and then, you know, I'll give them credit. Like they were, they were pretty funny. Like they, you know, they, they were definitely a couple of that. I was like, all right, like can't really say much about that. Like that's pretty good. That and Kentucky were like the craziest places. Kentucky midnight puck drop. That, that did not disappoint. I mean that like, obviously it's, I can't, you know, stuff I can't say on here, but like those guys, that place was packed and those guys were all hammered. It was midnight. You know, we rolled up in the bus, they're outside tailgating it's pitch black and you know they're already saying stuff and it was just like the the funniest part was you know, i'm starting to do like you know we're standing there ready to come on the ice i look up and there's just like 12 year old just dropping f-bombs at us and he was the best he was the best chirp out of all of them and you know he's sitting there dropping f-bombs at us like we're not even on the ice yet and i'm like oh my like are you kidding me it was, I, it was kentucky midnight was that that's an experience for sure yeah, definitely on our bucket list to get down there for a game because I, it just seems they packed the place. Let's start there. They oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Fans are on top of you. Probably not the, I don't know, best looking barn in the league, right? Like No, no, but it's got the character to it for sure. I mean, there's, there's no doubting that one. You mentioned the chirping. You said you like to chirp yourself. Are you a creative chirper? Are you just running your mouth a mile a minute? Like what what kind of guy are you? What What do you look for in a good chirp? No, I like to have some intelligence, not, not like make you think about it, but definitely uh, like, to, you know, be a little more on the intelligent side. I like, you know, I like to, I like to get some, some inside. Uh, I'm not going to like sit here and like, you know, drop, you know, specifics, but you know, one team that we played a bunch, I, I had a buddy that I played with last year in Maine uh, that goes to that school and he was like, dude, like this guy, this, this, and this. And so I would, you know, use it the next game and you could see like, they're just like, like, how did you know that? Uh, there have been a couple games that Coach Ely's kind of had to cut me off. Like, once, once I get going, my problem, like, I can keep it facing the ice, but then eventually I'll start looking down at the other bench, especially if, you know, we're up big. I'm like, hey, boys, like, sorry to waste your night. Like, I know you guys want to be out the bars tonight. Sorry you guys had to be here getting whooped. Like, tough bid. So once I started looking down at the other bench, like, that's when he's like, all right, Herb's like, you got to chill, dude. Like, we, we all like to be pretty creative. Uh, you know, one of our boys, probably the funniest thing I've ever heard was uh, he looked over the, sitting there, like, like neutral zone face off right by our bench. He's like, did you get that bucket from sideline swap, man? Like, what the hell are you wearing? One of the funniest, like, chirps I've ever, I mean, in the moment, and this guy looks over and he's like, 
damn, dude, like chill. It was the it was that was one of the best ones I've heard this year for sure. But uh, no, we we enjoy it. It's hockey though, right? I mean, that's just that's just part of the game. You uh, mentioned Coach Healy has to rein you in sometimes if if your chirps are getting a little out of hand. He's gotten a lot of credit the last couple of days considering everything he's put into NC State hockey to get it to where it is today. What what do you have to say about Coach Healy and the experience you've had with him under one season so far? Yeah, it's great. No, Coach and I, we get along really well. You know, obviously, I love playing for him. We all love playing for him. And, you know, he does more than than anybody knows. You can see from the outside, like, how much he does. But, like, you know, behind the scenes, it's, it's more than anyone can imagine. And, uh, you know, a lot of credit to him, right? I, You know, growing up here, I would always, you know, when I could, I would come, you know, watch, you know, NC State hockey games, go to the, obviously, you know, you go to the PNC game every year, but just to see how much work he's put in to get this program where it is. And, you know, a lot of stuff behind the scenes that nobody knows about. The same goes for our, you know, our captains, you know, our captain and our, um, you know, like our, our, the president of our team, Victor Hugo, you know, those two, him and coach, like they put in a ton of work, you know, talking to a lot of guys and just, you know, getting all this stuff set up. And, you know, it's, it's really cool because I think it's really starting to, to grow the fan base here. You know, the goal for anything you do is to leave the place, you know, leave where you are in a better place than was when you got there. Those two working as a team have done a really good job of putting NC State hockey on the map. Lastly, before we go, uh, it is a huge weekend for you guys. Want to kind of preview that a little bit. I know you mentioned you guys didn't get off to a great start, but you've built a lot of momentum here in the second half of the season. Um, you're now three games away from the national tournament. What opportunity does this present? Because there's a familiar face waiting for you guys on Friday night. They're standing in the way of, of a trip to nationals for you guys. Yeah, I mean, obviously that that one's, you know, it's safe to say that's going to be a dog fight for sure. You know, obviously neither team's very happy ever with the other in any sport at all whatsoever at, you know at the end of the day like you know and like i said they're a good team you got to beat you know if you want to win you got to beat good teams you know there's definitely gonna be a lot of tensions going into that game especially after you know the season series right it's you know they have us by a game right and so obviously we're looking to even it up and you know they're looking to you know to end our season and you know that that's just you know that's the situation it, it's gonna be a blast i feel like definitely like you know that 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 win was you know a good moment like confidence momentum because like i said like you said they like they had our they've had our number so far this year so definitely looking forward to that one i know it's more of a later puck job i think it's like 9 39 50 10 something like that 10 20 you guys are the late game ah yeah they're not doing us any favors yeah no it's gonna be a blast right like like i said like you want to play good teams you know you got to be good teams to to win uh, that one's definitely gonna be a blast that's gonna be a, a game to watch for sure it's Absolutely going to be a dogfight. So definitely looking forward to it. Well, Herms, thank you so much for taking the time. Congratulations on everything this week. We want to wish you the best of luck this weekend. All right. Thank you very much for having me. Once again, thank you to Herms for joining us on such late notice. Always cool getting a fresh perspective on the ACHA. Wild that the hockey gods have made it so that UNC and NC State will face off for the sixth and final time of the season. I think if NC state wins Herm, that'll tie the series at three, three, they have to just play a game seven at PNC arena. That would be unreal. So we'll definitely have our eyes on that one. ACHA division two. Isn't the only division in the ACHA that has trips to nationals on the line this weekend. As we talked about a couple episodes ago, there are some conferences in ACHA division one men's who offer an auto bid. If you win the conference tournament, and that makes things really interesting on a weekend like this one, when you have conferences that don't have teams in the top 15 ranking who need this to go to nationals. So we wanted to highlight a couple of those ones. We'll start in the Neshel, the NECHL, otherwise known as the Northeast Collegiate Hockey League. They will be playing their conference tournament at the at Lawrenceville Academy where TCNJ plays their home games. TCNJ is the host of this. Two teams we're keeping an eye on are number 29 Oswego State and number 49 RIT. Now, number 49 RIT, that might not sound too interesting. They're the number one seed in the NECHL. Oswego State, very good hockey team who I think found themselves in the top 25 for most of the season. So those two teams are going to go head to head. They're the one and two seeds in this one. I don't see any other team winning this conference. Maybe a Buffalo, maybe your Kanisha sneaks in, but uh, it's really been Oswego State and RIT all year. So one of those teams, I believe, is going to end up in Nationals by the end of the weekend. Personally, played against Oswego State. That's a very good hockey team. I think it would be very good for their program to make a trip to Boston. We switch things over to the CHMA, College Hockey Mid-America. Some teams you want to watch out for. Number 24, IUP. They are the number one seed and the host of this tournament. They're the highest ranked team in the conference, followed by number 31, John Carroll University, and number 33, Robert Morris. I think it's between these three teams. You also got Kent State, Western Virginia in the mix. 
Don't see any of those teams coming out. IUP has had a great year. They're on home ice. What better way to do it than win the conference title on a trip to nationals? JCU has the experience. Remember, they upset Pitt last year in the same tournament. Number 33, RMU. They have the goaltending and they have the goal scoring to pull off some upsets here. So keep an eye out for that. Turn our attention to the Great Lakes Collegiate Hockey League. Number four, Adrian. They're going to nationals no matter what. We saw this last year. They got upset in the semifinals. Not to say that the Bulldogs don't care, but they're going to Boston no matter what. Another team that's probably going to Boston, number 12, Grand Valley State University. They've had a great year. Team that's on the bubble, though, and could use a conference title to boost the resume is number 15, Calvin University. Right now, I think the soft spot is 16. The top 16 will probably go, and the rest will be filled with auto bids, but you can never be too careful. So Calvin could use this. Another team that could really use this is number 22, Purdue Northwest. By far the best new addition to ACHA Division One. They are sitting at number 22. It would be monstrumental for that program if they could go on a run here. Did you just say monstrumental? <laughs> Sorry, it is 1130 at night and we're talking about Purdue Northwest. It would be monumental for this program, a first-year program in ACHA Division One, if they can make a trip to Boston. So keep an eye on them. In the Midwest College Hockey Conference, number eight, Jamestown, they're going to Boston. Number 13, Illinois State, they've had a great year. They're going to Boston. Number 34, Midland, don't see a scenario where they're bringing home the conference title this week, but Jamestown and Illinois State will definitely be in Boston regardless. And then in the WAC, things get really interesting. Wolverine, Hoosier Athletic Conference. Number seven, Indiana Tech, they're going to Boston. Number 16, Lawrence Tech. They could use this conference championship to get in to secure their spot. Number 18, UM Dearborn. They need this one. They're bottom of the bubble teams. And then got to give a shout out. Number 30, Concordia. Don't sleep on the Cardinals. All right. They could make a run here too and, and get that auto bid. So very exciting time of year. I think it, it's, it gives the March Madness vibes when teams, it's win or go home. And if you win, you're in at Nationals. Very exciting time. Herm. We got some games to watch. No game of the week this week, but we do have plenty of games to watch. We'll start first on Friday night. Uh, the University of Victoria, they are taking on University of Oregon. University of Victoria plays in the BCIHL. They are facing off against Oregon. The Ducks will close out their season. Friday night, we also have an in-state matchup at the Arctic Edge Ice Arena. These two teams, they share a home rink. Oklahoma taking on Central Oklahoma. Two teams that are in-state rivals, U of A, the Arizona Wildcats taking on Arizona State Sun Devils at Tucson Convention Center. Friday night, we also have Liberty University taking on Minot State. When these two teams meet, it is always a good one. This one will be at the La Haye. Friday, we also have Ohio University taking on Niagara. These two teams went toe-to-toe a couple times last year. Niagara looking for revenge on the Bobcats, though. The Bobcats knocked them out of the national tournament last year. And then in women's ACHA 1, we have the University of Michigan taking on Michigan State at Yost Arena. Friday night, some CHF action. Number one, Anna Maria taking on number three, Quincy College at the Babson Skating Center. Top teams in the CHF America facing off in the NEIHC semifinals. Sunday night. Maryville University, they will take on Division II, Lindenwood University at the Maryville University Hockey Center. Great weekend of action in the ACHA. Herm, want to get your thoughts. I think we've done this question before, but I think it's very relevant now. What is like a dream outdoor ACHA game for you after seeing the reception that Frozen Finley got this week? I actually got to think about this. I haven't just been completely winging it and not looking at the notes, so I wanted to be surprised for question of the week. Kevin Weeks had a tweet recently about the fact that MetLife Stadium was being rumored as a possible host for the Winter Classic in the near future. And I think there's absolutely got to be some ACHA representation at a game like that. If it's Stony Brook, if it's Syracuse, I'm saying that not as any sort of bias because of the podcast purely because there's a lot of Cuse alums in the New York metro area and it's like de facto college support from from where I grew up. I think I think that would be an incredible venue for teams to play at. I think building off the momentum of Frozen Finley following up a stadium series game. I got my eyes on Seattle. I think with the traction that the University of Washington has made playing at the new Kraken practice facility would love to see them take on. I mean, first thought is Oregon. I mean, that might be out of their weight class though, considering the, you know, Oregon jumped up to division one. They got a lot of good recruits. They've been playing close games with some of the best teams in ACHA men's one, but 
If not Oregon, maybe you have Washington State come play, Eastern Washington. A Washington in-state matchup would be really cool, and I don't think you would get the, nearly the same size crowd that you had for Frozen Finley, but I think uh, it would be a pretty good one with University of Washington being right in Seattle. There's got to be a cock hockey game in there somewhere, right? Like with all of the photoshops that they've done, they've got to figure that out at some point. Oh, definitely. And I think that would come um, with the pro teams too. Cause I think that's where it starts. I don't think you can just have the college game be it. If the swamp rabbits and the South care stingrays did an outdoor game, I could see a situation where Clemson and South Carolina outdrew them in attendance. I could see that happening for sure because they're just bigger brands, but something like that would, would, would be very cool. Yeah. I mean, people on Twitter would probably just be mad that they don't charge for attendance, but that that's besides the point making reference to the people on Twitter who were calling out the frozen Finley game for not charging attendance, which I think it was awesome. I mean, I know in hindsight, they probably wish they could have charged attendance with the 26,000 people that were there. Clarifying on that. It was free tickets because of hiccups with Ticketmaster and fees and stuff like that for PNC Arena games. It was free with a recommended donation. You could choose to get in for free or you could choose to pay the $10 in like cash. I know that both programs made a considerable amount of money from this event. Let's let's call a spade a spade. Like they paid a large amount to host it and then they're going to split a good amount as a result. That's awesome. And I think that that's a perfect way to end this episode. Picking up pucks this week. I wrote this in a text to somebody earlier, but I wanted to to repeat it here. But the text said, when they write the textbook on club hockey, they'll reference this as the tipping point. We've built up a lot of momentum as a whole. The club hockey community, we've built up a lot of momentum the last couple of years. And I think when we look back on everything that's been accomplished the last couple of years, I, I could see this as being the tipping point. It's the national attention that a game like this has gotten is very cool. Definitely proud of the work that you did, Herm, and, and the work that, like I mentioned, the community, the NC State guys, the UNC guys, everybody who was in attendance, the media coverage has got all very cool. And, and it, you know, I know that everything is heading in the right direction. And it's it's very cool to be a part of it. That is really tough to follow up. Wow. Well, Herm, what, what, what if I throw you a, a, a softball? Episode 90, in honor of Ryan O'Reilly terrorizing the NHL, we'll give a little Rangers talk to follow it up. Is Patrick King going to be a Ranger when it's all said and done? No, I don't think so. All right. Thankfully, there is no ACHA or CHF trade deadline, so we don't have to break any of that down. But as always, it's going to be a busy weekend across both leagues. So if you get any content, any insider information, send us a DM at Hockey House Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or submit some content to the link in our bio. We're always looking for some more stuff to post about. We want to share your stories from around the league. As always, we'll see you next week. See you, boys.